Let's begin by all joining together in praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock. You are our redeemer. Amen. There are certain speeches throughout history that just stand out above the rest, and you can feel it in just a few words. Let's take a peek at a few. Here's the first one. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Kind of interconnected with that one. You've heard this one. You know this one really well. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Okay, let's get out of America. Let's get out of our history a little bit. How about this one? We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. You hear words like this, and it just brings up emotion and powerful thoughts and big things going on. These are some of the most famous words spoken by some of the most famous people throughout history because these words really were history-shaping, life-altering words that brought out the strongest effects in people that I think words can probably ever have. Now, if you look up famous speeches in history, I'm sure that some of these will pop up and, and you'll hear these powerful words and powerful speeches. But I promise you, when you look up those lists included in there, among the best speeches with the most powerful words throughout all of history, there's one that pops up from our Savior. A simple speech that was spoken a long time ago on the side of a hill. You see, far outside our Christian context and culture, people can see clearly the power and the effect that these words had. That's why today it's worth it for us to dig into this a little bit more, to think about why people who aren't even Christian include this on the list of the best, most powerful speeches ever given. I mean, out of everything that Jesus said, why do people have a connection with these words today? I think we can first start with this, that these words are not the normal way of thinking. Where does Jesus start? By defining what it means to be blessed and saying that blessed are the people who are poor, the people who mourn, the people who still hunger for righteousness, people who are merciful and pure in heart, people who make peace. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted and insulted and spoken poorly against 
I mean, even for the people that were on that hillside that were Jesus' disciples, this was not the normal way of talking about being blessed. This was not that normal perspective on life. And then he moves on to this amazing worldwide impact. He says to people, you are the salt of the earth. Now to our ears, this sounds a little bit funny, right? But think back to them at their time. Salt was one of the most valuable things that you could have had. They used it like we use salt. They definitely got flavor in their food from it. But more than flavor, salt for them was a preservative so that they didn't have to have fridges so that their food would last a little bit longer. Salt meant that food shelf life would stretch a whole lot further. And it's not a stretch to say that salt saved people's lives during times of famine because they still had food to eat. And this is the comparison that Jesus uses to help his believers understand who they truly are. They are important for everybody. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Not one house, not one community, not one culture. No, the salt of the earth. Jesus helps his disciples to understand that they have a positive impact on everybody around them, that they are a life-changing blessing, that God can save people through them. But Jesus continues, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I mean, if salt doesn't add flavor or preserve food for longer, it's worth nothing. It's as good as dirt. It's meaningless. And here's the hard comparison. If Jesus' disciples aren't a blessing for the people around them, what worth are they? This is why the devil just loves and laughs whenever you close yourself off and live only for the people inside of your group. Maybe it looks like this. When you meet with someone and you find out that they don't live with the same Christian morals and values that you might have as a Christian, does that change how you talk to them? Does it mean you stop listening to their opinions? Has it led to the end of a friendship and a relationship? Has it led to harsh and hurtful words coming from your mouth, from your fingertips? The devil laughs and loves whenever the salt that Jesus made is only used for some people, but others are excluded. And let's be honest, the world around you is post-Christian. That's not the culture that you live in anymore. So maybe another thing that he does is he tries to get you to isolate and to hunker down and shut yourself off from the other side because the fight's coming and they're the enemy against you. So you start 
to fear what kind of influence those people might have on your life or your family. And you never even have the chance to be a good influence on them because they're the enemy. And you want them to make sure that they know it too. Again, the devil loves whenever you close yourself off and you stop helping people in our community. You stop building relationships with people who are not Christians because you stop being the salt that Jesus calls you to be. But here's the good news. Thank God that the devil is not the only one who is hard at work trying to affect and influence this world and our lives. No. God doesn't give up. Not on them and not on you either. You see, God will do this. He will give you opportunities that you cannot believe to be salt and light. For me, one of those opportunities was with my buddy Ping. Way over in Far East Asia, I don't think you would have ever expected me to be sitting on the side of a mountain in a room with my friend Ping, with a stranger, and with Ping's Buddhist teacher. That's what we were doing over on the left. They were making tea, we were sipping on tea, and as we sat there in that room, I worked as hard as I could to contribute to a conversation in a foreign language that, honestly, I was pretty bad at. But I definitely had opportunities, as they asked about Christianity, to share what Christianity was. I took every opportunity that was in front of me to ask them what they thought, how they lived life, and then it kind of felt like my heart was going to burst. As I sat there and to the left you can see the window and I was looking out that window and that whole conversation, that entire time for three hours, I watched people bowing down to those wooden statues. God gave this opportunity and put it in my life and it absolutely has shaped who I am because you see at the end of that experience, the end of sitting there and building relationship and working on that, I got to share the good news with my friend Ping about how much Jesus loves me, about what my God has done for me, about his unconditional perfect love and Ping got to hear that too. You see, what Jesus has done for you makes you into someone who does that, who gets far outside of your comfort zone and just can't help but build relationships and tell people about Jesus. You are not only salt. Here's the other picture that God gives you. You are the light of the world. Do you know how awesome that is? Jesus says that about himself, and now Jesus says that about you. You are the light that shines in the darkness. You are the light that people are going to depend on to live in this world. You are light, and you can be part of God's plan for people for all eternity to shine on them. But it doesn't come from you doesn't come from this choice inside of you, no. The forgiveness that Jesus won for you, the forgiveness that God gives you means that you are blessed simply as somebody who's forgiven. 
you are someone that God views as his perfect and powerful light that is for everybody around you. You are light and people are going to depend on you to live. You get to be part of this because Jesus does this. You are blessed through him so that you might be a blessing for everybody else. And here's the cool thing. You don't hide it. That doesn't make sense. You don't have a light and then cover it up. No, you don't build this safety bubble. Instead, you shine for everybody to see. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, disciples, believers, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you see who you are? You reflect God's grace and people see his light through you. You point people to him. You are for everybody and vital just to be able to live. Positive people, people who are a light in this dark world, absolutely do stand out. If you have the chance to ask anybody who's uh, probably about 20 years or younger, they'll tell you about somebody who lives his life for others. It's this guy. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Well, some of you know who this is. This guy makes YouTube videos, okay? That's his job. That's what he does for life. And his YouTube name is Mr. Beast. It's pretty interesting. But do you know what this guy does? If you Google his videos today, later on after this, you're going to find this fun group of people that uh, is goofy, that is just kind of a wacky group, but you will find them going into their local Walmart and handing away $10,000 briefcases to complete strangers. You're going to find people that are traveling throughout the world and now making it their own mission to give clean water to people who don't have clean water. You're going to find people that do amazing things like one of the last videos, and I think this last one I checked this morning was up to 110 million views. Again, people see this light who donated money so that about 2,000 people could have eye surgery and so that they could see things clearly again. If this is the first time you're finding out about Mr. Beast this morning, I promise you it wouldn't have been long till you heard about him because he lives his life for other people. He donates more money than you and I can ever imagine to have in our lives. And he wants to bless others. Now, whether it's earned or unearned, it's important for us to recognize that Christianity does have a reputation in our community, in our culture. So how about we work hard to make it as positive as salt and light? And here's the cool thing. It doesn't take giving away millions of dollars. It doesn't take going across the world and living a life that means everything is going to change. No, God gives you opportunities here and now that might not even cost anything. What we want to do is live life together for Jacksonville, for this community around us, for the people that are in our lives. Let's make it our vision to connect with this community by being salt and light. 
It's time. Get out of your bubble. Get out of your comfort zone and get into other people's lives in a positive way. I mean, you work with people who aren't Christians. You go to school with them. You've got connections with them. You hang out with them. Be salt and light for them. Support them. Deepen your relationships with them. Be there for them when they need it most. Shine on them. Two, maybe a little bit harder. Make new friends and grow your circle of influence. You can do this. Really, you can. You can find groups of people in your community that like doing the same things that you like doing. Do it. Get to know them. Go play sports with people that like the same sport as you. Go and watch movies with people that like to watch movies. Go and do whatever you like doing, but make new friends. You can do this. You can get to know people that you haven't met before. You can grow your circle. You can shine on new people too. How about heading up one of the nonprofit of the quarters for us as a church? That's what we're going to do. That's part of our vision of what we want our church to be. And you want this. You want to make an impact in people's lives, right? You want to help people who need help. So go and do this for yourself and then get us connected as a church too. Find something that you're passionate about and help us be part of this. Make it something that we do as a whole group together so that we are seen as people who serve, so that we're seen as people who care about people. We just need to know how you want to do it. Tell us. Be part of those things. Let's go. Let's do it. Stand out as the salt and the light that Jesus' forgiveness has made you to be. And then, then just watch what God does. Because he's going to make a difference in people's lives through us. Our community is going to get to know us as people who simply care about people. We might have to start training more people for life group facilitators. We might have to start finding a whole lot more hosts because we're going to start having a whole lot more life groups. We're studying so fast that instead of being in the conference room or in a little small room, we're going to have to do them in here or in the entryway because there's just too many people. We might need to start setting up more chairs because there's not even room for the people here on Sunday for worship or for study or for Bible study for kids or for the youth group. Because God might use you and your light to connect so many more people to him. And you can't help it, right? When you're salt and light, this is just what happens. So, who are we? What do we do? These are the questions that we've been working at trying to find the answers, trying to understand for the last four weeks. And really what we've been doing is we are building our foundation. We are trying to have a vision of what we want to be for the future. We're solidifying this identity in Jesus. And we're thinking about the kind of impact that we're going to have. Now, it's time to get to it. Let's live life together for Jesus, for each other, and for Jacksonville. Amen.